Today on Real Ghost Stories Online was a ghost in the dark searching for her wedding rings. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, I think if you were dead and you were going back to find something, that would probably be uh, uh, high on the list of, of what you may want to collect. That's, I don't know, that's, I guess my take on it. But, you know, who knows? Uh, thoughts on on what you'd be going back to look for if you were dead? Oh, gosh. Probably my pets. I could see me like, where are my pets? I got to have my pets. And you'd be the um, one that would be doing that for like 100 years. They'd be like, they died 100 years ago when you did. <laughs> Let me find them. Yeah. So you're telling me they're around here somewhere. I can't find where them. Where are my pets? That's the ghost of Carol. That's all that is. Just ignore it. I wonder what I could just see me just messing with people. But that's what I'd that, want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You would do that. I really don't but think hopefully. I'd be looking for much. I'd be like, well, I'm dead. I can't really have it anyhow. So time to screw with people. No, I think this has kind of, once we go through this story, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense okay. about the wedding rings. Well, let's, uh, let's Maybe jump into if it. If you were a ghost. Yeah. Depending on how you die, you might be looking for a certain thing. And but if you have a- to confirm that's you. And if you have a ghost story you want to share with us, you can do it uh, 24-7. You can call 855-853-4802, or you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com and share your story. We may use it on a future episode. Let's go to this. It says, hello, podcast folks. I'm Kay from Ottawa, Canada. Like some of your other listeners, I consider myself sensitive to the paranormal, though I only ever admit that in private. For the rest of the world, I'm a skeptic, a horror lover. Part of this is because of my mom. I grew up with a reluctant medium for a mother. I know that sounds scary, but it wasn't really. She was just always very frank with me from a young age. Ghosts were real. Portals to the other side sometimes happen. And it was entirely possible to invite something bad into your life by playing with the rules laid out by superstition. The other part is that despite all these warnings, I grew up spooky and outright goth and spent a lot of time seeking out creepy places late in the night. I've had the fortune or maybe misfortune to be in the right place at the wrong time more than once. Now onto my story. I'm an adult now in my mid-30s. My wild days are well behind me. However, in my 20s, I was a bit of a spectral ambulance chaser. If I'd heard that something really bad had happened someplace, I would go and check it out once all the to-do was cleared. Not cause any harm or anything, but maybe to just feel what could be felt. One of my last opportunities to do this came about in 2009. Ottawa has a lot of green space, long winding bike trails that go through woods along the river. It's beautiful by day and sometimes if there's Mr. Fog, really creepy at night. That doesn't mean people don't use it at all hours. Plenty of people traverse it to get to and from work or just to walk their dogs. There are houses nearby, apartments, office buildings as well. One day I was asleep at an ex's place when I heard sirens. Being the creepier, the creeper that I am, I, of course, threw on some shoes and made it out onto the lawn to see what was up. It turned out that a lady had been beaten, strangled to death, and left on the path all while I slept several meters away. My boyfriend and I wondered if we'd heard anything, but we didn't think we had. Whomever had attacked her had been even quite quiet since our window was wide open. Maybe it was the fact that I strained so hard to remember if I had heard anything. Maybe it was just a touch of survivor's guilt. Starting about a month after the murder, I started to stop in the park near the spot it had happened to just feel the place, you know, from a 
park bench. I could see the tree the lady had been found under. I'll never forget this feeling if I felt I first heard her when I first heard her voice. The wind was high. The leaves were shaking. But I distinctly heard a soft cry of help coming from the mouth of the bike path. I froze, held my breath, peered through the dark just as I was starting to relax. Muscle by muscle, I heard a soft, drawn-out wail of no, like it was far away. But I swear I heard it right in my ear. All of my fine baby hair stood on end like when someone whispers to you when you didn't hear them come up behind you. Now, I'm not brave. I jumped up, ran back to my ex's place, and pretty much hid under the blanket for the rest of the night. It was a long time before I sat back down on that bench. Nearly a year later, they caught their killer. I read the headline in passing at a bus stop as I was waiting for the bus home. The bus was taking forever, and I had to work in the morning, so I thought I'd just duck into the bike path and quickly loop around to my end of the neighborhood. I didn't think much of it. Bad and dangerous people are pretty rare, and I'm tall, all in black, and look mean when I need to back then. I felt safe. I had also broken up with that boy nearly half a year before, so I hadn't been on the path in a while. Certainly not that spot. It was just a coincidence that I would have to bypass the location of the lady's murder on my way home. Walking quickly, I tried not to worry too much about the darkness surrounding the park and the bike path near it. The neighborhood had gotten run down since I'd left high school and some kids had smashed out the overhead lights. The lack of light triggered a nicotine fit and I pulled out my Zippo and a pack of smokes. It was then that I heard the footsteps. Maybe it was because I stopped moving that I noticed them. It was the step and scuff of high heels on the asphalt path ahead. Someone was taking a few steps in one direction and then making a scuffing noise like they were turning on the ball of their foot then a few more steps the other way. They'd repeat and come back towards me before again turning away. I won't lie and say that my hands didn't shake while I thumped the light on my Zippo. I could make it out the shape of the person and as I touched the light to the tip of my smoke I heard a help. This time it was different. I wasn't sad or wailing. It was a bit impatient. Worried is a good word. I said hello in the dark and the figure moved towards me. I could hear the clicking of her shoes. The figure was definitely lady-shaped and the rustle of her raincoat. She stopped out in the dim light from the street where I, it filtered through the brush. Oh, it was very still and it, she looked at me. It was too dark to see her face, but I know that she looked at me. Can you help me? I thought she sounded worried again, a bit distracted. What's wrong? I asked her. My social skills were a little blunt back then, and I wasn't used to being approached. I'm in a hurry, and I can't find my ring, my wedding ring. She didn't move from the spot, just a faint outline of a person, black against slightly lighter shadows. I thought this sounded absolutely ridiculous. I was also in a rush to get home, so I started forward again. I think you're out of luck, I said as I passed her. It's too dark to find something so small. It's probably in the grass. She just turned and kept facing me, but there was something odd about it. I never got a sense of her features other than her shape. Please, I know you have a light. I saw you use it. I stopped. It was true. I did have a Zippo. Okay, look, where do you think you lost it? I'll try to see if I can spot it. She pointed to the tree alongside the path. Again, I had to pass close to her, but I couldn't see her face. She 
She stayed well back when I flicked my Zippo open and shielded the flame, much like the lady had done. I paced a few steps back and forth looking for a glint of metal. When the lighter got too hot to hold, I flicked it shut again. I apologized to her for not being much help but explained that I had to go. She said something strange when I suggested that she come back in the morning. Oh no, she had said. I have a feeling it'll be found tonight. Shaking my head, I hurried home. The next morning, I was getting ready for work. My new boyfriend was winding down his night. We often had breakfast, dinner together as I was gearing up for the office and he was easing off from his overnight shift. He's a cop, and I must tell you, cop talk passes more quickly between law enforcement than Twitter. He filled me in on the happenings of the night before. Apparently, captured murderer had been hooked by DNA in another assault crime. When in custody, the police searched his vehicle where they found evidence that pointed to him as the killer of the lady on the path. My boyfriend said that when the officers showed the murderer a set of wedding rings in a plastic sandwich bag, he confessed right away. So I wasn't much help to the woman on the path, but I have to wonder about the coincidence. Was it a ghost that I talked to? If so, did she find a bit of rest after her killer was captured? I don't know. I avoid that part of the path completely these days. Thanks for reading my story. I wonder what you might think of it. I have a few more experiences, and I'd love to tell you guys all about how creepy Lower Town is. I'll write back another time. Okay. Well, yes, now everything comes full circle and makes sense. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I thought that it was a really fascinating story because it's like right after the murder had happened, she sat on the bench and heard, you know, no or whatever she had heard. Yeah. So there had been some contact with the woman then. And then this whole thing with being on that path, not really wanting to go that way, but she ended up going that way. There's a woman looking for a wedding rings, which is, which was a clue in the murders. Yeah. She had no idea of that. Trying to help this woman find the wedding rings, it almost makes me think that it was her. And that was just the confirmation that, you know, the murder was going to... She said, I'll help you. I'll look again tomorrow. Would you mm-hmm. be like, you know, I'm not that far away or I live close. I could look again tomorrow. And the woman said, no, I think they'll be found tonight. And then she gets that story from her cop boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So is it a coincidence? I don't think that's a coincidence. No, I I think she talked to a ghost. I really, she did. That was a great story. Thank you for sharing that. If you have a ghost story you want to share with us, 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. If you like the show, you want a commercial-free experience, check it out through Apple Podcasts. You can try it for three days free or patreon.com slash realghoststories or ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.